Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today for Vertical Vision. If you're like me, you come to a point in your prayer life at one time or another where you just don't feel like you're accomplishing much, that it's very effective. And this is the issue that I feel like the Lord wants me to touch on today. Um, a lot of times we think of prayer of just asking God for things uh, or praising Him or thanking Him, and those are all a part of it. But prayer is also a means by which we connect with God and participate with God in the things that He is doing. And that's what we're going to look at today in James chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. It's a familiar passage. But hopefully, as we break it down, uh, there'll be some things that encourage you and uh, bless you as you seek to connect more with God and have that effective prayer life. So let's take a look at James chapter 5, verse uh, 16 and 17. And actually, we're going to pick it up in the second part of uh, chapter 5, verse 16. It says, a prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured out rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So in this passage, there's some things that we see here that show us how to have that effective prayer life, okay? So the first thing is, it's the prayer of a righteous person. Um, this is a person who understands that the righteousness is through Christ. They don't come to God uh, in their own righteousness, their self-righteousness. That's not going to help us connect with God. You think about uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Both go into the temple to pray, and the, the Pharisee goes in and he says, you know, God, I thank you that I'm not like that tax collector. I'm not a sinner. I do everything I'm supposed to do. And he approaches God with his own self-righteousness. And Jesus says he didn't have his prayers answered. But the tax collector went broken before the Lord and confessed his sin, and he was heard by God. And so, we need to understand that when we approach God, we do it in the righteousness of Christ. And it's also understood that we're trying to live a Christ-like life. We're trying to live a righteous life. We're not perfect, but we're not living in sin. Sin will inhibit our prayer life, okay? So if we've got ongoing sin, active sin in our life that we're doing regularly, it's going to make a, a, a problem there. So we want to approach God with the righteousness that we have in Jesus Christ, okay? And it says that it's the effective prayer of a righteous person, or uh, in the New American Standard, it talks about the prayer that is brought about. That means that it's an active prayer. It's prayer in action. It's working prayer, okay? Sometimes I think we, we just approach God with the idea of, well, we're just going to throw out this, this request and hopefully God will answer it. But as we're going to see in the life of Elijah and what Jesus even teaches 
is that prayer is actually work, and we get to work with God in prayer uh, on behalf of the things that he's doing and on the behalf of other people's lives, all right? So what we see with Elijah here in verse 17 is that he's a man just like us, okay? He's got the same nature as us. He's not superhuman. He's not a superhero. You know, he had his struggles. He had his challenges, Uh, He had his fears and his doubts. He's just like us. But when he prayed, there's things that we see here that we need to incorporate into our own prayer life. Uh, The first one that we see here is that he prayed in accordance with God's will. And the reason why we know that is in the Old Testament where we see him praying and asking God to stop the rain. God told him that he was going to bring a drought on the land. And so Elijah was in sync with the Lord as to what the Lord was doing. And so when he prayed and approached God, he was doing it in accordance with the will of God. Now, this is important because Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, that if we ask anything in his name, he will do it that the Father might be glorified in the Son. And going on in verse 14, he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. All right, so there's that perspective where, you know, what is God wanting to do? What's his agenda? And then we align ourselves with him and we pray in line with his will. Now, sometimes his will is very obvious and we don't have to wonder, hey, what's God doing? Sometimes it's not so obvious. So I think one of the best things we can do is just when we approach God, it's like, Lord, what's your, what's your will? What do you want to do in this situation? How do you want me to pray? And it may be that he gives us a very direct answer and says, okay, this is how I want you to pray regarding this thing. Or it may just be, hey, just pray that my will will be done. We see that in the Lord's Prayer. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So, you know, we just pray along those lines of, God, what you want to see happen here, I want to see happen here. And I'm asking you to bring those things about. So when we connect with the will of God in prayer, we know that he is going to answer those prayers, okay, because we're participating in what he is doing, all right? Um, The next thing we see about Elijah is he prayed earnestly. What does that mean? It means that he prayed uh, intensely. He worked at it. He was focused at it. He was serious about it. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, is a challenge for us is when we go before the Lord in prayer, we're not really serious about it. We know we should do it. We want to do it. But, you know, it's just like, okay, Lord, I just pray for this thing and this person and help them and God bless them and get them through it. Amen. And there's not a sincerity really behind it. It's more out of duty or, uh, you know, just this idea of we're supposed to do it, but we're not sure how, how really we're supposed to go about it. And so Elijah prayed earnestly. He was sincere. He was active in his prayer. And we see that because when God told him, okay, I want you to uh, know that I'm going to bring back the rains now. I'm going to stop the drought. Elijah goes before the Lord and he prays and his assistant's there. And he says, okay, go out to the sea and tell me what you 
what you see, what's happening out there. And the, the helper comes back and says, you know, nothing's going on. So Elijah prays again and sends his servant out. He comes back, nothing's happening. So seven times Elijah prays. He just keeps at it, you know, because he knows what God wants to do. So he's going to keep praying in line with God's will. And so, and the seventh time, the the helper comes back and he says, I see the uh, a cloud rising from the sea, and it's the size of a man's fist. And Elijah says, all right, get ready. The storm's coming. And it was a deluge. There was so much rain. But he kept at it. And this is so in keeping with what Jesus tells us, because Jesus says in Luke 11, verses 9 and 10, and he's talking about prayer and being consistent in prayer and working in prayer. He says, you know, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks will find. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Now, this is what's important is the way that this is written in Greek, it's actually keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep at it until this comes about, until the Lord brings this thing about. That's what Elijah did. So if we have this mindset of prayer that we actually are at work in it, then it helps us to focus and it helps us to get a a good heart for, I'm going to see this thing through. I'm going to work with God in prayer to bring it about. And this idea of working in prayer is something that we see in uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. We have Epaphras, and he had a real heart for the church in Corinth, and he prayed for them. And it says that he strived in prayer. He labored in prayer. So he was focused. He was attentive. He knew what God wanted to do for this church in Colossae. And so he prayed for them accordingly, knowing that God was going to answer those prayers. Now, Another place we see prayer, it's a corporate type of working together, and it's Romans chapter 15, verse 30, and Paul is asking the saints to strive together, to work together in prayer concerning the persecution that he's going through. And this is what's really cool here, is that word for striving together is an athletic term, and it was used for team sports. So the idea is you have this team of believers who are working together to get this thing across the goal line where Paul is concerned. And so, you know, you think about a football team, they've got the instructions from the coach, they know where the goal is, and they work together to get that ball downfield and across the goal line. And that's the way we work together in corporate prayer. And, you know, I don't understand really how it all works together with God and everything because he's the one who's doing the work. But again, he allows us to participate because he's glorified in this dialogue that we have with him and people seeing that, hey, God is not a religion. He's not a belief. He is a person who actively engages with his people and answers prayer. 
And so he's glorified in that. And he, he reveals the fact to people that we are in a relationship with him. He is a real relationship-oriented God. So, you know, we keep that mindset of working in prayer. And I think another thing that helps me, and this really hit me a, a couple of weeks ago, is something that Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. And he talked about the the Corinthian church helping him through their prayers. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, how often do I really think about me helping people through prayer? And that really galvanized my perspective of, hey, this is, this is something I can work at and I'm actively helping somebody in need. And you know, the, the thing is, it's like, okay, so how can I help somebody? How, how do I make this effective in my prayer life? And a friend of mine a long time ago, uh, he said, you know, when you pray for somebody, pray for them the way that you would want to be prayed for if you were in their situation. And for me, that was like, wow, that's revolutionary. So, and I think, and that's the heart of intercession is where we put ourselves in the place of somebody else and we go before the Lord on their behalf praying for them as if we were in their situation. And that really makes that prayer more personal. It makes it more intense. And I'm not talking about emotional. It's just, it's more galvanized. It's more focused. And we are actually going before God on their behalf to bring about God's will in that situation for their life. So I I hope that as you look at these passages and you think about these things, understand that this is a wonderful privilege that we have to actually work with God through the avenue of prayer. And he's doing his work, but he's allowing us to participate and it encourages us. It builds up our walk with the Lord. It builds up our communication with the Lord. It builds up the body of Christ as we work together in prayer. And it builds up our relationship with other people as they know, or maybe they don't even know that we are on our knees before God on their behalf and and seeking God's will and the accomplishing of that will for their life. So when you go into prayer, understand that prayer in action, prayer according to the will of God, prayer that is focused and consistent, seeing it through until that prayer is answered, really does accomplish a lot. And I believe that you'll be encouraged and blessed as you delve into a deeper prayer life with the Lord. God bless you, and we'll connect with you again next week.